Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. It's what every coach fears the most. We thought it was tendonitis, but underneath there was a scaphoid fracture which splintered under the pressure of play. Could Miss Pierce have recovered? She could have. She had just turned 17, she had time. But you know, the press, they put her through hell. And the pain, it was affecting her state of mind. After the French, she shut down. She wouldn't engage in rehab, she couldn't cope. I suppose me leaving was the final nail in the coffin, but what could I do? I couldn't wait forever. And yes, I have felt guilt over that. Well, less now that she's accused me of being some kind of sexual predator. How do you imagine Justine was feeling that day? I don't know, jealous? Seeing me happy with the family I love? I mean, she must have been angry, right? She's building towards these hurtful and horrible accusations. There you go. That's 15 Love. You can stream all episodes now on Amazon Prime Video. James Dempsey joins us uh, once again. Afternoon, James. Afternoon. I'm guessing it's something to do with tennis. <laughs> Spot on. Yes, uh, yeah. Gets past me. <laughs> um, so this is a drama written by a woman named Hanya Elkington, whose um, only big credits really so far are The Innocence, which is a one and done season show on Netflix from 2018 which I know absolutely nothing about and The Essex Serpent which was an adaptation of a book I didn't like so I didn't watch it on Apple yeah. TV Plus. Okay. And uh, she wrote in this a kind of six part pulpy Me Too drama right uh, that stars uh, Aidan Turner Irish actor Aidan Turner who we heard doing a fairly good British accent there but is also, for me anyway, the debut of an actress named Ellie Lily Highland, who is also Irish woman. And she's also playing an English woman in this, Justine, who was a 17-year-old wunderkind at the, like, prodigy, tennis prodigy. At, and in the opening scene, we see her at the quarterfinal in Roland Garros and she is uh, hiding an injury. And as the game goes on, and there's some pretty impressive tennis work there and then in that scene, the rest of the tennis... I can't say how good it is, but yeah. that opening scene, they shoot it very well. Uh, she's, you know, she's working her way and doing her backhands, whatever, and her wrist is paining her. And by the end of this opening scene, she has won the match, but has crashed out of in her entire professional because her she's got this injury that she does not recover from. And we flash forward five years later to find Justine now a, a fully-fledged physiotherapist at a, at the kind of lawn tennis club where she was a junior member, um, but living a kind of self-destructive lifestyle because obviously she's gone from being riding the professional high of professional sport to now just being a lowly physiotherapist, right? Yes. And, <laughs> and, and um, the backs of yeah, fat right. rich people, yes. And, and basically, she's not happy with her life and uh, Aidan Turner was her coach. Mm. And we learn that in the five-year gap, he has gone on to bigger and better things. He has just trained the champion of the French Open. I don't know if there was French money in this, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, but it's all about the French Open, really. Um, and he comes back into her life and now she's five years older and she makes this case, uh, she makes a, um, you know, she makes a claim against him or she goes to the police and reports him for having, when he was her coach, having been abusive to her, mm. uh, both sexually and abusively if that's an adverb and basically um, in it we then enter this Me Too drama of who's telling the truth and what's going on and 
it's a very interesting, well acted. I mean, you know, I will say this actress, Ella Lily Highland, I think we can expect to see her in other things because in every review of this, she has been championed as exceptionally good. And she has a very difficult kind of line to walk here because... She's playing a, a you know, a, a damaged character who's carrying all this weight of failed glory that never was. And she's really unlikable. But to be likably unlikable is very, very, very difficult yeah. because, you know, Justine is making all these terrible decisions. And we don't know if she's telling the truth because, you know, or at least for a while anyway. Right? Okay. Yeah. We, we don't quite know what's going on. And it looks like she's got this vindictive streak going through her. And he seems to be this perfect nice guy. But it, it, it all is not what it seems. And then what it seems is still not all what it seems. After they kind of reveal their sleight of hand fairly early on, I think roughly around episode two anyway, uh, you get to know of six, you get to know what exactly is going on. But then it becomes this kind of pulpy thriller in and of itself where all these other characters come in. So like uh, Justine is befriending a a friend of hers is kind of rising through the ranks and she's coaching her, but she doesn't really believe in her. And then there's a wife, a disgruntled wife of the trainer and the train and Aidan Gillen himself is trying to keep his star player on side. And then there's a bizarre (laughs) subplot involving a conniving PR agent. And it's all just pulp thriller. Yeah. But I kind of enjoyed it for like in and of itself. It was, it was like everyone is just really elevating the material in a way that is a very enjoyable, steamy, odd drama that I liked. Right. Okay. Uh, But does it say, because it sounds like from your initial description, the first, you know, episodes or so, this is quite a serious thing. And then it turned kind of a bit schlocky. Not, I wouldn't, maybe schlocky is, maybe I'm over-egging it really. But like it is, it it, it reveals by the end of its second episode, the central mystery, right? Uh, You know, it, it doesn't keep that going for that long. But then there's more, you know, there's more stones to be turned over in this history at the same time, right? And it cleverly is only six episodes, right? At least, like, if this had got, and and really probably should have only been four, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right? But, like, uh, better that they keep it contained to six kind of hours rather than ten, which we don't really need Mm, for this story, right? Uh, The... uh, sounds like the kind of thing you'd see on ITV in a Sunday. 100%, yes, yeah. right? Okay. And gotcha. like, I, I actually yeah. think it's quite striking that, that now that kind of thing has gone to the streamers. Yeah, <laughs> that know? is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> and, and obviously I don't want any spoilers, but... It, can you tell us why the trainer comes back into her life after a five year Yes, yeah, so, so he comes back into her life because he's, uh, so she's working in this lawn tennis club that wants to make more of a name for itself and they hire him to be the kind of brand ambassador of the tennis club. And then also it involves uh, a tennis club in Florida where young, like younger players are coming over in a kind of exchange program. So she, like basically it's all about tennis. Right, right. So he, okay. <laughs> so if you like tennis, you're going to love it. Right, okay, all right, <laughs> That's just a small technical point. Uh, must say, James, from last week, I think I've only got one episode left of The Bear. Oh, and, yeah. And it's just And so even the last one is excellent. Uh, well, I mean, it couldn't get any excellent. Yeah. Oh, well, really. the one with Richie doing the stage is fantastic. Uh, you know, where he's in, you know, in the restaurant yes. polishing the forks. For yes. Ages. Oh, no, oh. that was a brilliant. Now, yeah, obviously, like, 
the the, the bottle episode, the Christmas <laughs> yeah. one, that was stressy to watch. Very stressy. That, yeah. that was that was. But it, it's it's it is amazing that that. Uh, and it really sort of is not a drama and not a comedy. It is yeah. both absolutely at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but it's beautiful. It's just, oh, it's just lovely. No, it's beautifully done. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it, I suppose it's what it's done really well this season is that particularly the second last, it, the, the, there are episodes where you see why perhaps making, you know, that scene where she makes an omelette yeah. uh, uh, for the sister, that, that, that's why that's like, that they really treasure doing that <laughs> and why they have an emotional connection to do this. And, and the guy makes a dessert, which is everything I know about you. Yeah. And, all those kinds of things, oh, and, and it's only half an hour, and it's only half an hour. And when and, yeah, and they're and, and with the bit where like they're waiting for the to see does the fire suppression system work, and you can see all of them. The idea of which I assume was like this is why this is important to yeah. me, and it's things that you know are, are from their deep past. It's it's, it's extraordinarily uh, well done, I, I must say. Uh, right, anyway, our next show today is from. You can stream all episodes of season one and two on Sky Sci Fi and Now TV. Here's a clip. Megan, it's Grandma. Come to the window. But I'm not supposed to. It's okay. I won't tell. It'll be our little secret. Do you promise? I promise. And I would never break a promise. Megan, what are you doing? You don't look like my grandma. She's not your grandma. I'm so lonely. Baby, please just... Maybe I can come in. Baby, no! I'm assuming something scary happens at that point. Very scary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is this <laughs> zombies or, no. or what are they? So this is a, um, all right, it comes from a guy named John Griffin, uh, from, uh, ironically, right? Uh, he is a writer who made a, a movie that was on, it was one of the, um, a movie called Crater that was released on Disney Plus in May and then shelved in June, right? Oh, yes, so he, he's, yeah. He's one of the victims of this kind of hmm. thing. He also has written for uh, The Twilight Zone and he has got a show coming out on Netflix, which is based on Magic the Gathering, which is like three words that I knew went together somehow, but didn't actually know what it meant. And it's some kind of like tabletop game like Dungeons and Dragons. So okay. He's adapting that for Netflix currently. And this is this kind of schlocky, uh, fun, very gory horror show that you'll find on Sky. And it involves a family who are grieving the loss of a son. They're driving their kind of Winnebago, or what, not Winnebago, what are they, you know, Winnebago, Winnebago thank yes. you. <laughs> not the Canadian province, yeah, right? Yeah. And they're driving that around, although it's all shot in Canada. Uh, they're driving around and they stumble into this small town and they ask the local sheriff, oh, how can we get back on the highway? And he goes, oh, just go that way. And unfortunately, unfortunately find that they are trapped in the town. Anyone yes. who stumbles into this town cannot leave. No matter okay. what direction they go, they always come looping back. And that's bad enough, except that at night time, these very pleasant, nice looking, normal people come around smiling and walk around and they knock at your window and pretend to be granny. And if you let them in, they will absolutely murder you to the most gory murdering that has ever been done. Okay, right. Super murder. (laughs) Super murder you. Yes. And across the 10 episodes of season one and the 10 episodes of season two, there's this uh, mystery unfolding, right? Who, you know, where are they? 
Are they even alive? What's going on? Who are the monsters? What's going bump in the night, etc., etc. And it is glacially slow. And usually I'm not <laughs> someone who actually enjoys that. And I blame mm. my mother who hates anything that is slow paced for like infecting me with that disdain as well. Right. And, and but this I'm surprisingly enjoying the slow burn of because they're doing it very effective. It's actually, you know, from a like... It's a modestly budgeted show that was made for MGM Plus, which I don't think you can get here. And it's very effective how well they use the set, right? I mean, the set is just this one street town with a few houses. The kind of community, I mean, people just randomly arrive in a car, right? In the second season, a whole busload of new characters come to be killed off, you know, right? right? Okay. So they're always providing new people. The people arrive from different points of the United States and they don't know how they end up here. So there's a rich backstory of who they are, their stories. And, and, it's all and, and they only kill the people who, the new arrivals oh, into no. the town? Did they kill each other at all? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, that happens too, right? Yeah, okay. There's, <laughs> there's quite a bit of, the, the body count is very high in both daytime and nighttime. Yeah. Um, but all in, it's held together by Harold Perrineau, who people would know as one of the lead characters in in, in Lost, which I think is celebrating an anniversary this year, okay, um, of some sorts, or twenty years maybe next year, and he uh, he is Boyd, who is the self proclaimed sheriff. Whenever new people arrive in the town, they have to declare whether they want to live in the town or they want to live in Colony House, which is a kind of libertarian free for all bacchanalian house, yeah. right? And once you make that decision, there is no turning back, and it's all a bit kind of silly, but. Everyone is really game for it. And when it comes to the nighttime scenes, they're very effective because it's just terrifying people walking around slowly and then turning into mon- monsters. And then when they reveal, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, the next morning, the, the townspeople will find the remains of, you know, my neighbor next door. Yeah. And <laughs> like, it's like, it's like, you know, the 1980s movie, The Thing, right? You know, as in that kind of body shock horror yeah. craziness has happened. So I don't know why I'm enjoying it so much, right? <laughs> I, I blame the weather, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Yeah. yeah. But if you're looking for like, you know, the like the thing about horror is horror movies work very well because you can kind of maintain that tension for two hours, right? Yeah. And it's much harder to maintain that tension for 10 hours, let alone 20 mm. hours. Yeah. And they're doing a reasonably good job of it so far, but uh, and season three is in production, so it has got legs on it to go yet. But obviously, they need to unravel the mystery a little bit faster. You know, the, the more we get into it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Kevin says, uh, as far as he knows, uh, he says you're one. I assume that's uh, Ella Lily Highland is from Carlo, uh, where all the good actors are from. <laughs> uh, says Kevin. Uh, he also wants to know, has James reviewed Silo uh, with the amazing Rebecca Ferguson? Yeah, I did. So I, or I, I like, I think I did, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I read it too. Yeah. Right? yeah I, I, I actually uh, went the whole distance with it. I thought it improved with every single episode and got stronger. There's a lot of narrative choices that are different from the book, which I had read. And I really liked the book for being a bit more claustrophobic. And ultimately, my problem with Silo is, and I said it on the air, is that it looked like the nicest Airbnb that I never got to stay in. You know, like the, yes. right? <laughs> like, oh, all of the apartments looked lovely in yeah. this like retro style. But I thought it was very, very good and it ended strong and I'm looking forward to the second season. Uh, right. And our third show today is Drag Me to Dinner. You can stream all episodes now on Disney+. Plus. Here's a clip. On this island, you're going to have tons of crabs. Don't you know how triggering that is for me? I'm sorry. You can toss the salad. Uh, um, Fish in the, you know, the water. The Aren't there boars on an island? Sliders! Yes. 
people freaking go nuts for sliders. We need to do a poo-poo platter. Oh. It means finger food. Oh, okay. finger, and I like delicious fingering. things on skewers, because at a party you want to seductively feed somebody, oh, you know. Oh, I like the way you're thinking now. What if we make like a sand castle and then we eat it? This is the, um, well, you know what this is. Have you ever gotten sand in your mouth, though? Or like, you know, other unspeakable places? It's murder. Well, let's find out if the judges die. Well, it's not the bear. That's for sure. <laughs> Although there's some bears involved. Right? Yeah, probably. Right? Um, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris is one of the creators. That's the actor. Yeah, yeah. 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 And his husband is the other co-creator. All ah, right. right. Okay. So his husband is David Burke, who is an actor in his own right. I only know that because he constantly tells me he's an actor in anything of I've ever he, seen him yes. in. Right. <laughs> and and they came up with this idea, and it, it, it's made for Hulu, but Hulu content is streamed here on Disney Plus. And I mean, it's like this is come dine with me esque in the sense that um, two teams of two drag queens have ninety minutes to prepare a dinner party in, uh, in on a set, right? Yeah. Okay, and they uh, we all are supposed to pretend that there's no pre production involved involving you know. Um, dance numbers and food planning and all of this. It's all supposed to be spontaneously done and madcap antics. Mm. And parts of it is very funny, right? I mean, these are professionals whose job is to entertain, right? And like, these are the creme de la creme, which is a pun intended. One of the one of the queens we heard there was Ben de la creme. And um, when they are left to their own devices, the show is at its funniest. The problem is the episodes are 40 something minutes long and they are aching and so thirsty for trying to find like viral moments, right? As in everything feels like, you know, there are these stingers put in with bits of music that are like supposed to be lo-fi and like amateur, but they're Mm. absolutely not. And just everything feels like they're trying to go viral, right? And you can't try and go viral because that like sort of defies the purpose of it, right? But what I think is more interesting about this is like, you know, if you like, so RuPaul's Drag Race just finished its 15th season of the regular show. Yeah. And now it is an entire industry. Yeah. Right? So has RuPaul anything to no, do with this? this absolutely is, not. Right. Okay. But yeah. almost all of the queens are like alumna of the of the show in and of itself. Mm. And I don't think it could exist without the popularity of that. I mean, there are now entire like YouTube celebrities who just comment on what goes on in the RuPaul Industrial Complex, right? And here is another example of that because you have, you know, Neil Patrick Harris and David Burke going, what can we make an easy show out of? We'll throw some drag queens at a dinner party. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's the point. In terms of culture and television, are we going to, are we close to reaching peak drag queen? Is it, you know, drag queens do perform hysterectomies next? (laughs) You know, where will it end? (laughs) Who knows, right? Uh, yeah, look, it's a very fair point, right? And certainly there are a lot of people who would have watched iterations of Drag Race who now find it stale and think it has gone too commercial, etc., etc. And then for other people, I would go, it's like watching football. You know, the football comes on every year and you just watch it because that's yeah. what you've always done. Yeah. And for the last 14 years, that's what a subset of people have always done. So I feel like I'm locked in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is like... This is absolute froth. It's it's light even for what it is, if you get me. Yeah. yeah. But will there be moments that where you break a laugh? Of course, because mm. a drag queen will come out and say some silly innuendo 
based on some silly like thing. And I, I defy any human being not to laugh. Yeah. And is there any competitive element? Are, are there two sets competing against yeah. each other? So there's or? two teams of two competing and then there are four judges. And the judges, I mean, <laughs> so the judges are... David Burke and his husband. Oh, the Neil one Patrick actor, Harris. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, drag race drag race winner uh, Bianca Del Rio, and then a a, a, broad, a Broadway star Hanifa. What's her name? Hanifa Wood, uh, and they sort of sit around and then. The actual dinner party itself is almost like a little skit, right? So the drag queens have to come up with a whole kind of idea and make it work. So like Ah. in the first episode, it's based on a desert island. And really, the whole joke is that the guests are actually the dinner and they don't know it. And then they do a little song and dance number. They design, they bring out a few hunks to help them move around the table and hang up like, you know, I don't know, pineapple or whatever, right? (laughs) And it's all... Grand, like, but it's, I mean, this is not revelatory in any kind of way. It's just there's a bit of money behind it. So it looks more polished than it really is. Yeah. And as I said, they're trying desperately to be this lo-fi, funny silliness that doesn't work. But when they just point the cameras at the drag queens, it's when it, that's when it's funny. Yeah, okay. So, and the food is irrelevant then. Completely. The in fact... <laughs> Like in the second episode, uh, one of the hunks that they bring out has to chew the food for one of the drag queens and spit it in. <laughs> spit it in. <laughs> that's classy entertainment yeah, there. That's, right. that's top notch there. Sold on that one. Uh, those three shows are 15 Love. You can stream all episodes now on Amazon Prime Video from. You can stream all episodes of season one and two on Sky Sci-Fi and Now TV and Drag Me to Dinner. You can stream all episodes now on Disney+. Plus. James MC, thanks a million Thank as you. ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.